0: So, after watching the Matrix trilogy and contemplating what our life would be like with machines and all, I have come to one very special conclusion. We misunderstood Jada Pinkett Smith from the start. The explanation is a little bit long, so we might as well do the intro first, then we can get into it. Lucia actually thought that, oh, you know, she's been such a good wife, how could she do this? And yet, Shory's been in entanglements, busy messing around with two niggas ever since the early 2000s. And people kind of miss that. Because, like, when you watch The Matrix, when you watch uh, Reloaded, the second one, that's when you realize that, you know, she was there and she used to be with Morpheus. And her character name is Niobe. And she's with some guy called Locke, who's, I think, in charge of the defense of Zion. And funny thing is, at the end of the third movie, it seems like she's going back to Morpheus because entanglements. And at some point, you do kind of have to think about it and say, you know, this movie was very good for her character development because she clearly understood how to bounce from nigger to nigger. Just saying. Just saying. But anyways, that aside, I'm sure not all of you watch The Matrix, but you guys tune into this podcast. So we might as well start this off properly with something that we can all kind of relate with so in typical fashion welcome to break time on west side your number one break time podcast coming to you from nairobi kenya the man on the mic is a man who still wonders why the chicken crossed the road and yet kfc was on the better side of town He is a man who thought he found the A-spot, but he mistook it for the A-team because he's been looking at old movies from back in the day. The man is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man. None other than I, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, your weekly podcast show which brings you matters, love, sex and relationships. So if you feel like there's something that you'd want us to break down and discuss, something that you'd want, a bit of a guy-centric perspective on it, something that you feel... Is in the realm of love, sex, and relationships that you'd want me to open up and break down. The drill is pretty simple. You just hit us up on the IG at breaktime on West side. On Facebook, it is also at breaktime on West side. Slide into the DMs, leave your topic, leave the question that you'd want answered. Now, if Twitter is more your thing, the DMs are also open there. The handle to DM me at is at Bagak the D, the B and the DR capital, and I will attend to your DMs accordingly. Now Before I get into the main topic of today, I do have a bit of a problem and I think we should discuss it. Can you talk about how there's babes on Instagram that have this tendency and this behavior of posting up suggestive pictures and videos and then captioning them with a motivational quote or a bible verse? Because I find it quite off-putting when you're busy scrolling through and you're looking at a fine piece of ass, you're looking at you know a nice set of cleavage you're looking at someone that's posed in a very suggestive way trying to make sure they show off the best of their body parts and then they follow it up with a motivational quote like it seems very mismatched and it just doesn't make sense to me because when I'm busy looking at you trying to show me that you have booty or that you have tits especially for those of y'all that like to try and make something that isn't there pop out I don't see why it is that a statement like the pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity makes sense because I don't know what's pessimistic about Buri because I don't see any pessimism there and I don't see any difficulty in it. Maybe you talk about the difficulty that you had in posing for that picture. I don't see why it is that you showing us cleavage and then quoting Philippians 4.1 is really useful because on one end it's almost like you're trying to make us I don't know like lust for you or have this desire for you but on the other end it's like you're trying to motivate us and you know bring us closer to the word and normally at that point I'm like you know just pick one pick one it's about as mismatched as wearing white shoes a purple trouser a brown shirt and a yellow hat it doesn't make sense at all there's no need why you'd wear that hell even clowns don't wear that Clowns will mix up colors, but they won't wear that. And I've always found it a bit of an an issue because on one side, it's like someone is clearly thirst trapping you. But on the other hand, it's like they're trying to show that they're not that bad. Because for some reason, it's like people took being confident with your body, being confident with your poses and with your looks and openly thirst trapping people as being slutty or being overconfident or being arrogant i've never really understood the sense in that and personally i think if you have the guts to take a picture in a suggestive manner if you have the guts to take a picture of your booty and post it up online then you should probably have the guts to come out and say you know what i've got a big booty that's an amazing caption i know it sounds simple and it sounds basic, and hell, probably 90% of guys that are staring at the booty don't even care about the caption but guess what, there's nothing wrong with being confident in your own body and being open to speak about it. because. This whole thing of trying to act humble and trying to drop a motivational quote so that you can sound thoughtful. Some of y'all don't even have the IQ for that. Maybe you decided to go and look for a caption a couple of weeks in advance. Maybe you decided to go and find out, you know, what nice caption would look good on my IG. You know, what good song lyrics could have worked. That's stuff that I know a lot of people do and mostly women do it. Hell, I used to have a friend who actually used to go and plan all her captions and write them on like the notepad of her iPhone and it used to work. And the thing is, yes, it's okay to put it on the typical picture of maybe say yourself or or an object that would probably motivate someone, but on a booty picture, It's better if you just put a bunch of 2 chains lines or, you know, you you pull some lyrics from Juicy J and you slap it on there. It'll make sense. If you go and you take a bikini picture and that bikini picture features a whole lot more ass than usual, then, you know, you go and you slap that caption, Bands make her dance. It works. It makes sense. Because the caption complements the picture. But you go and you slap there, Psalms 23, how exactly does it help? Although now that I think about it, Psalms 23 might actually work because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And for me who likes booty, I will look at it and maybe after I've gotten some, I shall not want. And yes, maybe in that one instance, it can make sense. But for most of the time, it usually doesn't. People like to act like they're righteous, that they're humble whenever they go and they do both good and bad things and the truth of the matter is there's nothing wrong with posting a suggestive picture but some situations don't exactly require you to put a motivational quote or a bible verse. Sometimes you just have to sound ratchet with it and you just have to come out and show your true ratchet and thirst trapping self. That's how I've always seen things should be. Some areas you should be ratchet, some areas you should be holy, some areas you should be logical, some areas you should be emotional. Because not everything will fit every single wear. But anyways, maybe that's just me and you know my pettiness and my nitpicking of women's IG posts. But as far as, as things goes, please change your captions, the pictures can remain. We like the booty pictures, we like the titty pictures, we like the bikini pics, we like the suggestive pictures. The thirst trapping is what has kept a lot of us guys on Instagram and will continue to keep us there. Just saying. Anyways, we should move it on to our topic of today. Although before we do that though. What's up? This is Chacha bringing you the all new podcast Sound Nation. We will delve into music ranging from hip hop to Roomba, rock to bongo and much, much more. We shall review new albums as well as fresh singles while still paying homage to the sounds of the past stay tuned for the first episode of sound nation on anchor apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts now on to today's topic so a couple of weeks ago i did an episode of tweet street where i brought out a tweet talking about how for some people sex is a priority and for others it's a bonus and when I was busy posting it up on socials I kind of got engaged by a good friend of mine called Naomi my shout out to you Naomi because this episode is actually based on a conversation we had and the joke that she made was for her sex is a priority and the partner is just the bonus and the thing is there was this whole talk about, you know, a lot of people like to think that sex should only ever be a bonus. And it kind of makes people who have a high sex drive almost feel a bit self-conscious as if there's something wrong with them or that they're addicted to sex. And yet the truth of the matter is they just have a very high sex drive. And I think it's completely normal. Just the same with there's different sexualities, all vaginas don't look the same and people have different penis sizes, I think people also need to understand that there's different sex drives because them things make us unique. It's what shows one thing over another because it's not like everyone is supposed to last 17 hours. Some people will last about as long as you microwaving food and there's people who last about as long as a regular working day, which is why they are porn stars and then there's one minute men. Just saying. And the thing is, the people who got the mic the most were the people who are telling us to abstain, which were people who really didn't have that much of a sex drive. They were the people who didn't prioritize sex. They looked at sex as just a bonus. And to some degree, it's like we were brainwashed when we were kids or can I say conditioned when we were kids. And as we grew up, it's like, We were taken to the other side and it kind of just messed everything up and like let me explain it like this when we're kids when we're growing up the aids pandemic was a bit of a big thing it was actually a fairly huge thing people were busy being sensitized on abstinence people were busy being sensitized on abstinence people were being told that you know if you have sex you'll get pregnant you'll get stds you'll have hiv and then you'll die that was that was how we were brought up as kids And to a pretty huge degree, the people that taught us this, the people that were giving us some minute level of sex education through that, were teaching us abstinence, which in as much as it's good, it was only a small bit of the entire pie. Now on top of that, they decided to take things even a step further and make it a hell of a lot worse by making sex look like such a bad thing. And that whole talk kind of made it look like sex was such a bad thing on one end. And obviously, because of that, a lot of people did get to abstain. Now, the flip side to that is, as we grew older, we kind of ended up seeing the other side of it because now sex looked like it would be the next greatest stage of someone's relationship. It was the way to show that you're the better man out of a bunch of your friends. It was being used as a way to show that you know you're better than your fellow enemy or fellow girlfriend because you banged that boyfriend it started being looked at as a really good thing and on top of that marketing made it such that we live in a hypersexualized world right now so it just kind of flipped the script and because guys didn't have the sex education guys weren't taught how to have safe sex guys weren't taught how to have boundaries all of a sudden it's like now we have this explosion of people that are banging and some people are called addicts some people claim they have high sex drive and other people look at sex like it's a bonus not a priority and the truth of the matter is whether it's a priority or a bonus it's okay it's perfectly fine but now there's people that will look at it as a bonus and they don't really want to do it as much they probably have low sex drive that are looked at by one group of people and told, you know what, you're wasting chances. You're not banging enough. You know, you you've wasted very good potential opportunities. And this is something that guys will do to their friends and other guys a lot, because it's very common to hear a guy saying that they went, they chilled with a babe and they didn't do anything in a house where it was just the both of them. And then the other guys are like, but bro, how comes you didn't bang? How comes you didn't do yada yada yada? Because they expect that to happen. And nowadays, it's not uncommon to hear that someone was banging another person, not because they like them, but just for the sake of ego and for the sake of not wanting to waste an opportunity. And that's where the big issue comes in because there's people that are having sex because they genuinely like it. And then there's people who are having sex just because. And if you're doing it just because, then maybe you should look at whether you have an addiction or not so that the people who have low sex drive that say, oh, you know, all of you people are hoes and you bang around a little too much, can stop getting on our cases because there are other people who have high sex drives. The problem is that even the people who have high sex drives also have this issue where they sometimes lack boundaries on who and what to bang, which is why you'll find them trying to bang a close friend or a close sibling or even a cousin and so on. And the truth of the matter is, It's not like the issue is a sex drive, the problem is actually the person just choosing to not have some level of control. Because if, take for example, you're a guy, it's not like you're supposed to bang all of your female friends. Like there's some people that you just need to not do it. Yes, I know, sometimes you get thirsty. And yes, I know, sometimes they look really good and they're very bangable. But it's not like you're supposed to bang all of your female friends. And that leads me to the main question of today, which is can two friends bang and still remain friends? Because it's a bit of a contentious issue. And yes, I know friends with benefits exist and they're two friends, blah, blah, blah. But we're not talking about friends with benefits here. We're talking about that close friend that you know that you can go and confide in. Yes, you can confide in a friend with benefits, but you're probably good with them because of the sex. Take the sex away this isn't a friend with benefits this is someone that you want to do it one time or maybe two times with or maybe you you wouldn't mind doing it once or twice but in a very casual nature not that it's official that you guys will just be banging as friends but it's a friendship that started as a good friendship and then you all are looking at each other like you know we might do a thing or two here and there so can you and the other person bang and still be friends and honestly i think it depends because it depends on the degree of the friendship and it depends on the individuals that are involved because you think about it a lot of people think about friendships in a very i'd say either 1d or 2d kind of way and yet there's friendships of like different levels as a super close friends your besties and so on and then there's people that you know that you meet with that you interact with that you talk to at least once or twice or three times a week and then there's the people that you don't talk to for like months the people that you probably only relate with because you work together or you school together or you know each other from a certain place or you're even neighbors obviously for some of those people it could work but now, if you're to say that a close friend, a super close friend that you always talk to wanted to bang you or you looked at them and, you know, they were looking a little good and, you know, they probably had that dress that accentuated all the body parts or he's he's looking real dapper in that suit. If you banged them, can you still be friends after that? And truth of the matter is, it's it, it it's a little bit hard because... In a lot of cases you'll hear people saying if we do this then we'll never be the same again. It's actually true. Yes, it's false sometimes and yes you can go and bang and then look at each other and be like we're good and both of you all be like yeah we're good and then you'll continue living your lives and probably never even talk about it. But it's pretty common that you'll find that one person will catch a feeling or another person will want to do it again and again and then they'll catch feelings. And then it changes the dynamic a hell of a lot more because now it's like you want to have this relationship and you want to advance it into something more intimate and something that is, you know, exclusive in and of itself, while the other person probably just wanted to bang that one time and probably doesn't want to do it anymore. And then it complicates everything. And normally at that point, that's when you find that a lot of friendships might break because one person isn't agreeing with the other on what the next stage should be. And I think a lot of people don't understand the logic behind not doing it with someone sometimes because they just look at the bang and they're okay with the casual sex. They can probably live with going to bang once and then, you know, continue living life normally as if nothing happened. And yet there's those people that will do it once and feelings are automatically caught. And the thing is, it makes complete sense because you guys were good friends. You guys related with each other really, really well. And then now, because you guys banged and you guys got intimate, it's suddenly like a next level thing that could and sometimes should probably transition into a relationship. Because when you look at a lot of the intimate relationships that are there, It's a friendship with a lot of banging and, you know, a a certain level of intimacy that you've probably already had. And it's pretty normal for a situation like that to start becoming complicated. And then somebody wants a relationship and the other person doesn't. And then there's this disconnect. And then people now have to start splitting and having different sets of friends, blah, blah, blah. It's a pretty normal thing because deep down, for some people... When they go and they bang someone, they're just going to bang. And for other people, they're making love. And you know what happens when making love? Feelings are caught, feelings are shared. And some of those feelings, I don't think we always want to get them. And that's probably one of the reasons why I'd probably tell someone, if you have a close friend and you want to maintain your friendship and hopefully not transition it into a relationship, don't ever try banging. No matter how close you get, no matter how hot the situation is, do not try getting intimate with that friend. Because deep down, when you actually look at it, you might end up doing more harm than good. Yes, the sex will be good. Yes, the sex could be amazing. Hell, maybe you might even last one minute and the person doesn't care. But the aftermath of all of that is in and of itself very dangerous for your friendship. It could spell the end of your friendship and span the rise of something else. It could be the death of your friendship and the beginning of an amazing relationship. But at the same time, it could be the death of your friendship and a beginning of a strange acquaintance that the both of you have. And for a lot of y'all, it's not like you want to move from a great friendship to just being strangers or to being strange acquaintances that will occasionally say hi to each other. So for the sake of that, I will answer the question, of whether two close friends can have sex and still be friends yes they can but it's very rare if you're going to do that then you better be sure that you guys are doing it casually and there are no feelings that are going to be caught and the truth of the matter is you can't always be sure of that but if you can ensure that that doesn't happen then you're good If you think that there's a possibility, if you know that there's a possibility that feelings will be caught after you guys bang, then there's no need to reach for that ticking time bomb because when it all explodes, then it'll just seem like you valued the sex more than you valued your friendship. And to be quite honest, if your friendship was that great, that shouldn't really be the case. But anyways, I want to know your thoughts on this. Do you think that close friends can actually bang and still keep it casual? Do you think that they can still be friends? Or do you think that everything changes after that? The DMs are open on Instagram. It is at Breaktime on West Side. On Facebook, at Breaktime on West Side is the page you should be looking for. And on Twitter, if you want to slide into my personal DMs, it is at Bagak the D. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you guys on the next break. Take care.